Man. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to talking to you about some food. I see you're a big burrito oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, man. Out here in the Bay Area, you know, it's some of the best burritos really you're going to find. You know, and I'm, I'm lucky. And whenever I was deciding, you know, kind of what, what approach I wanted to take with the food, I mean, it was just, it was an obvious option uh, to do burritos just where I'm located at. I, I always make the joke that, like, in my neighborhood, in my area of San Jose, California, you can, like, punt a football in any direction, and it's going to land on a taqueria, man. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah, That's definitely good. a good problem to have. But, yeah, man, it's episode 39 of Dreadful Talk. My lovely guest, Ryan Branham, host of the Rhino Live Show on YouTube, is kind enough to join me. And, you know, just introduce yourself, you know, let people know where they can find you and what you do, man. All right. I'm Ryan Branham, Rhino Live Show um was a local guy who was doing uh, local radio. Uh, we had a okay. we had a sports talk show on Monday night at a bar and a restaurant. Uh, my partner Tyler, we did uh, local sports together. We the local radio station would do live sports, so we did baseball, softball. I did some football, but then we did our own sports show on Monday nights. Well, then he got a promotion to a bigger radio station in the upstate, and it kind of did away with. Uh, 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 that and I was looking for an outlet. So me and him had talked about, you know, you've probably seen the guy from Barstool Presidente doing the pizza reviews all over the place. Yeah. So that kind of inspired us. We talked about it. He's a big pizza guy. I'm not as big a pizza guy, but I'm a traveling sales guy. So I was like, let me find the best hot dog. Hot dog is pretty southern. Wow. A lot of people like hot dogs. So that's that was the origin of my channel was finding the best hot dog I could find, and then. It got to be where I got tired of eating hot dogs every day. So then I just went into, like, the best barbecue, the best fried chicken, the best pizza, breakfast, dessert, whatever it was. And then I got people, friends of mine who work at companies that would give me, like, um, like beer. Like, I used to work at Budweiser, actually. So guys would give me, like, samples of the new uh, strawberry lime uh, lemonade, you know, uh, hard lemonade or whatever it was and I, yeah. I just I just rate them on my own or maybe a new like like body armor or something like that so it's some drinks and some food some alcohol but and then I, you know YouTube's kind of hard it's kind of hard unless you're in there and you got that big following to kind of grow yeah so I wouldn't yeah, so that myself <laughs> yeah I mean it took a it took a it's been two years or so I got like a thousand I guess a 1400 subscribers but i still don't get the views that i would like so i went to tiktok and just started a channel and one day i had seven thousand followers i went to a place called roof drive-in which was a meat and three i got a pork chop potato salad macaroni or something and uh sweet tea I always get sweet tea and um all of a sudden my subscribers went from seven thousand to thirteen thousand overnight and now wow. they're like eighteen thousand so it's a it's a cooler format because people don't have to search for you. They just kind of scroll yeah. through TikTok and you pop up. And if they like you, they follow you, and you know you get a lot of feedback. And everybody likes to eat. Everybody's got an yeah. opinion on what's the best. So like, if I go to a barbecue restaurant like I did uh, Saturday, you know everybody's like, "Nah, you need to go to Wards, and you need to go to Sheely's, and you need to, they way better fried chicken, or I like this kind, or they get, you know." So it, it's kind of an interactive thing, and I really yeah. enjoyed the TikTok. Man, yeah, no, that's so cool. Um, yeah, that really is cool. And I, I definitely relate to that. Uh, doing my burrito reviews, you know, I'm in a lot of like 
Facebook burrito Facebook groups and like Bay Area food groups and stuff like that. And I'll ask for like suggestions. And I love whenever I get to interact with locals, you know, that have been been there a lot longer than me because I, I moved to San Jose in 2016. So I'm coming up on like five years. And like my family's from that area and everything. I have roots there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I you can't beat you know, somebody who's lived in that town for 20, 30 years. They're going to be able to tell you where, where to get, you know, some of the best food at, man. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from Norman, Oklahoma, uh, where the University of Oklahoma is. And okay. so I've been out. Yeah, man, I've been out in San Jose for about five years now. And um, I, I, the one, I love it out in California. I absolutely love it. But the one thing that you just really can't find out here, like real talk, is uh, that good southern food, man. You can find some weak imitations. And, and there's plenty of other good food, like, you know, right. all the ethnic foods, the Thai foods, the sushis, the Indies. I love all that stuff. But, man, that good old southern food, man, I, I pretty much have to make it myself when I want the real deal. So, yeah, so finding, finding your channel has been amazing. I just drool and kind of just, you know, I, I live vicariously through you, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's hard to find good fried chicken. Like, there's fried chicken and there's really good fried chicken and biscuits and macaroni. Like, there's a lot of instant macaroni, but it's not like grandma made macaroni, like potato salad, like beans, corn, you know. Oh, and that's the man. thing about where you're at, though, where, where, where what I love is more the authentic Mexican. And, and this coming up, we're getting some around, you know, we got Santa's, like, chain restaurants like San Jose's, which is rice, beans, and whatever taco burrito. It's basic. It's all right. People, you know, I'll say this because I am one, but regular white people just love that stuff, man. They just like, yeah. they go drink, they go drink a Mexican beer or a margarita, rice, beans, chips, and sauce, and maybe cheese dip. And they, they satisfy with that. But they don't know that, they, you know, we got a couple of places about 20 minutes from here that make authentic you know, they cook the meat right there, pastor or, or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, carne asada. And then it's got, like, they put the corn, the cheese, the guac, the, all the ingredients. Like, these people don't like guac. Like, they, they're afraid oh, of man. guac because they don't, oh, you know, man. they're just like, ugh. They just want the basic uh, of some rice, some refried beans, and a taco. You know, yeah. and, and that's what <laughs> they know. It's, it's new. The, the authentic is new here. And we got a couple of little markets that make beef tongue and, and stuff like that, that scares away most that. people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I like it. I like trying anything. I love sushi. Um, only thing I don't eat a lot of is like freshwater fish. I, mean, I fish a lot, but I don't eat like, I don't eat bass or brim or anything. I will eat seafood, but I just don't like, you know, uh, freshwater fish. I just never have, but anything else that you, other than like chitlins, I'm game for man. I'm yeah, gonna... yeah, I, I feel you. The, the list of things I won't eat is, is, is a pretty short list. Uh, right. I feel you. I, I like trying new stuff, too, as well. But, yeah, man, it's funny that you mentioned the bar stool. You know, Dave, um, I, he was also a big inspiration for me because, you know, he's more on the East Coast. And, you know, East Coast is known for the pizza and everything, the Northeast. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I was just looking around my neighborhood, and there's like a freaking – there's a badass taqueria on like every single block almost. And I was like – well, it just kind of it seemed like the obvious choice, and it's been a really fun, just journey. Because, um, like you said, people are opinionated. Like, oh no, you haven't tried this place. This place is way better. Um, when, um, what would you say South Carolina is most known for? Is it the barbecue? Yeah, I would say barbecue. You know, it's a uh, pork and pork and chicken both. But yeah, barbecue because because South Carolina, North Carolina got this rivalry where it's like. 
mustard based or yeah. tomato based sauce or, or now vinegar's kind of taking over North Carolina. So those people up there in North, they, they're not mustard based. They think mustard based is gross. And then down here, a lot of people don't like uh, tomato based. I don't like tomato based as a rule. I'll eat it, but I prefer mustard because that's what I grew up on. But now I'm hot. I'm hot pepper vinegar. That's my favorite. If you, if they okay. got it. But I mean, yeah, I think probably, you know, it depends, you know, there's, there's a coastline that runs, you know, from North and South Carolina. So there are some good shrimp and crab and stuff like that, some fresh seafood. But if you're, you're inland and you're just driving, if you drove a straight line from the top of North Carolina down, you're going to run into more uh, Bob's kitchen or Martha's kitchen or, you know, greasy spoons left yeah. and right. And, and that's what I like about my channel is I get that. Have you been to, like this hole in the wall town. Have you been to Lydia? I was like, nah, man, they got a so-and-so. They make this breakfast and this for lunch. And there's so many little small mom and pops. And that's what my TikTok channel is pretty much is all mom and pop. Um, and, and I've been doing a thing where I put like a little, I put a, uh, I, I, I've been tipping all my people and I put it out there on my TikTok channel. So people have been sending me like cash apps. So like every time I eat, if the meal's $12, I give them the person $12. Like, I match the food with a tip. Kind of like Dave, but on a way smaller scale. But looking, no, out, but for small, looking out for small business. Because, you know, like, they don't have a corporate sponsor like a Chick-fil-A to pay their bills when the slows are, you know, chilies or whatever. So a lot of these people struggle, man. You know, they only mm -hmm. have, like, one person in the kitchen. They got half of the staff they used to have. And uh, I worked at... Uh, you know, a restaurant in high school, and I'm real good friends with the owner still. And I know how it is, man, when you go from packed house to a 25% capacity, and then, you know, you turn around in places that sell alcohol, you can't have people sitting in there drinking like you used to could. And that's a lot of the income. You know, that's mm -hmm. a lot of markup in alcohol, you know. And there's not yeah. much into it. Like, you know, food, there's a lot of ingredients that make a taco. There's not but a bottle that makes the beer, you know. It's a good, it's yeah. a good markup for those guys so I, everywhere i go usually the day either that morning or the night before i'll pull up three or four spots and then i'll give one a shot man and and you know a lot of people say well you never have bad food reviews and and that's something i don't do if i have a if it's bad i don't i don't post it because okay. i don't feel like i don't feel like it's necessary for me to put down this place you may even like the place it may be yeah. good i might have got them on a bad day it might just not be my taste but, you know, I know everybody likes to see that guy throw the food out the window or, you know, but, but what, it's no benefit to that person or to myself for a couple yeah. likes on TikTok, you know, or, or YouTube. I just, I just don't do it. I just don't have yeah. any negative. If it's bad, man, I just, I just delete the video and it's over well, I mean. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, I've struggled with that kind of moral decision myself because I'm definitely not trying to hurt nobody's pocketbook. You know what I mean? The, the, the restaurants got it hard enough during the pandemic. I, I've never full on like butchered a place. I, I've i said, you know, this ain't the best or, you know, there's probably maybe better places you can go right. or there's nothing to write home about. But that's probably about the harshest I'll, as I'll go. Yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to rip anybody or throw anything out the window or anything either. Because I, I and then I also try to always place it in context because like I've done some of my burritos like right now I'm up in Lake Tahoe. And like, uh -huh. sometimes I'll do them in Sacramento or just different places in Northern California. And it's like, whenever you leave the Bay Area, you kind of got to adjust that standard a little bit. Right. You know? It's like, you're not going to get as good of a burrito in a small town in the mountains as you are in, you know, downtown San Francisco. And, and you know, you kind of just got to factor that in. But uh, 
I, I, I feel you, man. I, I, I've also struggled with that. Um, talking about um, some of the Mexican food in South Carolina and how you said some places aren't as authentic and some places, you know, are starting to head more in the authentic direction. Um, I, I can also relate to that being from Oklahoma. So my mother, she lived her whole life out here in the Bay Area and then moved to Oklahoma like in her 30s with me as a young, a young child. And um, I remember when, when we were little and we'd go to like a Mexican restaurant because Oklahoma, it's more like that Tex-Mex style, that Southwest right. style. And like she'll order like a burrito and it came with like hot dog chili on it or something. And she was, <laughs> it blew her mind. She was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> like, but just, you know, it's, it's kind of like reverse culture shock, you know, because like, you know, you come from California, you order a burrito, you expect it to come wrapped in foil and, you know, oh, onions yeah. and cilantro. And it's just, yeah, different, different strokes for different folks, man. Um, but uh, have you ever done a burrito review on your channel? I don't think so. I've done... I've done two or three Mexican markets, like the, the the more authentic markets. I haven't done a basic one because everybody knows what a basic cheese quesadilla, rice and beans. But I have done tacos. We got we got some specialty shops, and I've I've had really good experience with the two I've done. And the one with the cow tongue, I kind of played it off. It wasn't for me, you know. Everybody <laughs> says you gotta try the lingua taco. I, like, ah, I tried it. I don't know if my mind was in the way or my taste was in the way, but either way. You know, um, but I haven't really had, we don't have a lot. We've got a lot of Mexican, like I've said, but it's a lot of chain stuff and it's a lot of basic stuff. And yeah. like I said, white folks don't, don't, don't have a problem with it, man. If you give them yeah. chips and salsa, you know, and you give them anything with rice or beans or something like that, there's very few people that just, they just want a basic meal. It's like most of them, most of this like uh, Mexican is like, a mcdonald's version of, yeah. of, of Mexican. it's like a burger fry kind of thing now like yeah. i said we do have a couple that are solid we've got more in colombia and then maybe in the bigger cities bigger uh more authentic moves in and, and you know it's progressive i mean mo a lot of yeah. people are, are are kicking you know the newer age kids are kicking into a new uh, territory of trying different things and then healthy things and and, yeah. and that's the good thing about the one we got. Uh, Tacos Nayarit is what it's called on Percival. It's all fresh stuff. Yeah. You know, it's all uh, fresh yeah. stuff. Like you said, cilantro and, and yeah. fresh ingredients, sliced, you know, tomatoes and, and pico stuff that was cut that morning. Not some, mm -hmm. you know, like, Subway where it's out of a bag that was, you know, freezer sealed or whatever. So yeah. we've got a few, but nothing like you guys have and nothing like, I'm sure, like your uh, food trucks and stuff where, yeah. you know, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it, it really is just kind of the region. And, and the United States is so big. People forget that, like, all of Europe could probably fit just in, like, the Midwest. You know what I mean? Like, the United right. States is so big. And, and right. like, if we were in another part of the world, we would be different countries instead of all states in one country. So the, sure. the regions vary greatly. Yeah. Man, I wanted to ask you about that Carolina mustard barbecue, man, because well, I say I've had it once. I've never had the real deal, obviously. I've never been to the Carolinas. You're making me want to, you know, check it out. But uh, I, I want you just to kind of describe it. I had like a California version of California or Carolina mustard barbecue, and I loved it. It blew my mind. Like, I never even knew it existed. I just had normal brown barbecue sauce, you know, whether it be sweet yeah. or hot. And, and then I, the first time I ever had this, because I'm a mustard guy, bro. Like, I love mustard, spicy mustard, brown mustard, all. I, I'm a mustard guy, like over ketchup, just in general. 
And so whenever I, I didn't even know mustard barbecue sauce was a thing. And the first time I tasted it, like I said, it wasn't the real deal. It was like a California version, but man, I loved it. It blew my mind, man. Just kind of, you know, educate the folks out there about that Carolina mustard barbecue. A lot of folks, especially out here on the West Coast, don't even know it's a, that exists. Like North Carolina, South Carolina, it's like the baseline. The, your basic ingredient is either mustard or ketchup, and then you yeah. put your other stuff in. So it's a yellow. It's a it's a kind of thick. You know, it's not thick as mustard, but it's you know it thins out with mostly vinegar. A lot yeah. of time, red pepper. You know, depending on how some people have it spicier than others. Some just have a straight mustard with a little bit of vinegar in it, a little taste. And, it, and it's thin, and then some spice it up and put cayenne or crushed red pepper in there. But it, it's, it's all like the basic ingredient and then whatever you put else in it. And the stuff you're talking about, most of that brown sauce is ketchup-based, you know, with or, or yeah. barbecue sauce, either one. It's one or the two. And uh, most of it is like a thicker ketchup. It's, it's red. It's brown. And it, they put the ingredients. But that's just like the basis what you use it of. And, and there's a guy down the road here. He uses, he uses ketchup, mustard, and vinegar. And water, that's his baseline, and it's some of the best. And you can taste it all. It's like yeah. it's kind of like biting into a cheeseburger where you can taste some ketchup and taste some mustard, <laughs> but it works just right. He's got it. Yeah. He's, it's more. It's more ketchup than mustard. And he's uh, he told me. I said, well, what's in it? He said, well, I can't tell you what's in it, but I'll tell you, <laughs> it's equal parts mu uh, ketchup, equal parts water, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the stuff. And I was like, all right, but it's a, it's a more of a a light brown color maybe so you can tell it's got mustard and ketchup in it but everybody's got their own way man i got some of my fridge that's orange that, that's, wow. that's homemade stuff that people make or you know some that's bright yellow like the sun it just depends wow. on what else you put in it you know i mean and and, and there's then there's white barbecue sauce and you may have seen the what? alabama sauce is white. i've never heard of that that's crazy yeah, it, it, we got a place called home team barbecue and that's how they that's how they make their ribs. They grill their ribs, put them out, and they they splash it with this white Alabama barbecue yeah, sauce. Nice. It's got a good taste to it. So I mean, you know, I think if you like food, like I'm sure me and you do, we both adapt to whatever you put on it. You know, what I mean, oh, yeah. just give you give me the meat, and I can take you can take whatever you put on there, man. As long as it yeah. ain't gross. I I feel that, man. I feel that. Like I said, I just. Like I said, I, I definitely want to go more into that mustard sauce world, because I've only had it once in my life, and I really liked it. Such a different change of pace when all you've had is that typical brown, you know, generic barbecue sauce. It's a really yeah. nice change of pace, man. Um, let me ask you this, man. Um, what um, have you – all right, so when I first moved out here to California, every time I'd go to somebody's house for a barbecue or, you know, family or whatever – they would always throw a tri-tip on the grill and tri-tip, tri-tip, tri-tip. It's all about tri-tip out here on the West Coast. And I had never even had tri-tip before coming from Oklahoma. And I, I didn't understand that the tri-tip, like the cut of the meat, like when you butcher a cow, you pretty much got to make a decision if you want brisket or tri-tip. It comes from right. like the same part of the cow. But out here, it's just like a cultural thing. They tend to <laughs> lean more tri-tip. But me personally, man, I, I'll take good brisket any day over a tri-tip. Tri-tip to me, it's like I can get roast beef. I can get prime rib. It's essentially already a thing that exists. Like I don't need a, right. to ruin a good brisket. I can go get a roast beef or a prime rib if I want that in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, and man, brisket is brisket's a thing. It's like for us, for us, you pretty much got three options on the grill. You're either going to go pull pork, which is usually a yeah. butter or shoulder. You're going to cook it for however long, chop it up. You know, usually you chop it. Uh, or pull it. And I like mine chopped because if you pull it, a lot of times you end up with big, 
you know, if you get a sandwich and you got a big piece this, like this, and it's, it's hard, you, you pull the whole sandwich out. Yeah. So I like mine chopped up. But you got that, you got ribs, and then you got brisket. And yep. then anybody can pretty much cook a, a shoulder or a butt. It's just a time thing. And then ribs are the same way if you know what you're doing. But brisket, you got to know what you're doing to make a good brisket, man. And I got some buddies of mine. They, 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 they tailgate on the Tennessee River for all the Tennessee uh, volunteer home games. Oh, they nice. got it down pat. I mean, they, they, oh. they, they know, you know, for breakfast, they got jalapeno cheese grits, and then they might have Ooh. a brisket. They might have chicken ball. They might have chicken and dumplings. They do the whole thing. It ain't like a, a go to Bojangles and get a, a 12 piece of chicken box as a sweet tea. <laughs> they really do the whole thing. So, you know, brisket is, is, that's something that we don't have a lot. And you don't get a lot of it around here. Like, you got to really know what you're doing. Like, you know, we eat pork chops all the time. We eat steak all the time. We'll eat, you know, burgers and we eat chicken. But a brisket is a, is a, you got to really, you got to really trust somebody to cook a brisket, you know, because that's a different cut of meat, yeah. you know. But, but I mean, that, like I said, that place, Home Team Barbecue, they sell, they sell brisket tacos and brisket on uh, certain days. They have just Ooh. sliced brisket. It's hard to beat, man. It, it's yeah, something man. special about a piece of brisket. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah, probably definitely. something that's something I eat less than a lot of the rest of it, but it's one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's done right. Shout out, I, I have a, um, a boy in Oklahoma named Derek. Shout out Demo Smoke Shack. He makes a, he makes some mean briskets. I wanted to shout out my boy Demo Smoke Shack. But man, let me ask you <laughs> this. Um, when you're doing a burrito review, when, whenever you go to like sit down and you're doing a burrito review, obviously you try to enter it with an open mind. You know, you don't want to judge it before you taste it. How... How much of a factor, how much do you factor in the sauce? Like say a place has a kick-ass barbecue, good flavor, good texture, but say their sauce isn't hitting, how, how much does the sauce factor in the review? Or if a place, you know, the barbecue is mediocre, but their sauce is, is freaking, you know, hitting, you know, how much does that factor in? There's two things I look at at barbecue, and I feel like this is about anybody, and I've eaten barbecue my whole life. And I feel like this. I feel like this is why anybody can cook a, a, a butt. Because either you can cook it in the oven, you can cook it in a crock pot. If you put it in the crock pot with some water long enough, it'll break down. You can cook yeah. it on the grill. So there's a, it's not hard to cook it. So, you know, I've always said there's two things. There's only two factors of barbecue for me. is if it tastes like smoke and if the sauce is good. Because okay. I think, I feel like me, you, anybody else can Google put Boston butt in the crock pot on medium for eight hours throw a cup of water in there it's gonna break down so you're gonna yeah. have pulled pork and i've made barbecue for we had a polo match uh at our horse thing down here in uh, camden one time and i didn't have time to cook a, a a butt that long i put it in the crock pot cooked it up broke it up sauced it with a place called Sheely's barbecue sauce and nobody knew anything they ate that the whole both pans was gone and they never knew it was cooked in the crock pot and i never told anybody and that from that point on i knew that Pork pretty much tastes like pork, as long as you don't overcook it or burn it or, or, you know, make it bad. So just making a butt, no big deal. But if you can put some smoke on there, if I, I had a, I had barbecue from a, a guy said he was from Texas, a Texas barbecue, and I ate it out of a styrofoam container, and I felt like it was so smoky. I felt like I had to take a shower because I felt smoke like I'd been standing <laughs> on the grill. It was that smoke. He had smoked it up so much that I felt like my clothes had smoke in them. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I love a good sauce, man. And, and right now, like I said, I'm leaning vinegar. If you can get it just right where it's spicy and vinegar and a little pepper in there, 
it's good. I mean, I don't like I don't like the brown sauce to like the ketchup base for the most part, unless it's more liquidy and if it's spicy, yeah. I can still eat it. But the regular old craft barbecue sauce, eh, I just don't like. It. And I don't like thick sauce. I don't like a lot of sauce. I don't like to have to stop eating to wipe my hands off like the like the Dan Patrick commercial at TGI Fridays or whatever where he's got sauce all over his face. <laughs> I don't want to get dirty like that. Like when I cook my ribs, I sauce them at the end, let them finish up for 30 minutes. I want that sauce to be on there. I don't want it to come off on me. Yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah. Smoking I'm sauce the is the way. biggest too. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Like, the sauce should be like an accent, you know? It shouldn't be like junk. It's not like a chicken wing, you know? Uh, but right. uh, I, I feel you, man, because like, I know it's kind of hard to relate barbecue and burritos, but I kind of struggle with that, too, because every place has their own different salsa, right? And right. so it's kind of it kind of similar. And, like, I definitely ran into it where it's like, damn, this, this burrito is mediocre, but if this was the salsa review, this place would be getting a high score. Or, right. or I've had it the flip side, too, where it's like, damn, this may be the best damn masada I've had, but this sauce is weak. Like, is this out of a can? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a, it, uh, you know, with the burrito, it doesn't kind of factor in as much. I, I got to say, though, when I know I'm eating a good burrito is whenever I'm ready to give a score and I ain't even tried the sauce yet. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, if a burrito can be so good that you forget that, like, you know, it even needs sauce, you know, that's that that's usually a good sign. I, I've had people comment that and say, man, you didn't even swallow the, swallow the food and you was always saying that's good. I was like, well, I know, man. I mean, I know yeah. what I'm looking for. So if I take the first bite, and it really talks to me and says, man, I want to eat the rest of this. And, you know, and like I say, there's some that I eat and it's, it's plain Jane. And then, you know, I mean, I still put on a good face for them and give them like a seven, five, which yeah, ain't yeah. good. But on my scale, which people don't understand, like seven, five, it's not good, but I'm not going to dog you. But you in the eight and a half to nine and a half, you know, I love it. And if you get above nine, you know, I was, uh, I was taken back by it. If you get nine and a half or better, that means, I'm telling you how much I love this place, you know, so. Uh, I feel you on, I, on, on as far as the scores go. Like, I try to do it. My scale is, like, in the sevens, it didn't suck. Like, this is good food, but right. it's not amazing. Like, it's in the sevens. It's solid. Like, I'm not going to knock you, but, you know, it's not. I probably might not be back. Um, if, it, if, it, if it's in the eights, you're added to my list of spots that are legit. Right. And then if it's in the nines, I think I've only given two spots a nines. I'm like, I'm like 20 burrito reviews deep, and I've only given out <laughs> two nines. So maybe I'm a little stingy with my grade. But those nines, man, I'll put those nines up against any burrito in the country, man. So like, well, I my, want my, my nines to stand for something. Mine's like seven and a half. I'd eat it again if you bought it, but I probably wouldn't <laughs> buy it. And then eight and a half is I would I would buy it again. And anything above nine, I would drive 30 minutes to eat there. Like, if you yeah. said, hey, man, let's eat, I'll drive out of the way because I've got a lot of options to eat here, but I'll yeah. drive 30 minutes because it's better than the one that's 15 minutes away. So, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of people ask about that stuff. For me, I know you guys probably don't have a lot of this out there. I've been to the West Coast, and they didn't. Sweet tea's big for me. Like, that's my go-to. So it's like meat and three sweet tea. And if you got instant sweet tea, it kills your score for me because I love <laughs> sweet tea. You know, and then, you know, then different sides are, are, are more country, like potato salad. You know, if you got potato salad and it's really good, you're getting big score. Fried okra or any kind of okra and beans Ooh. and corn. I mean, I love that stuff. That's what I grew up on. So if you're coming with that kind of stuff, if you got French fries, I, I can't really get excited about that. I can get French fries anywhere. You know, if, if one of your sides is something basic like that, or 
and a lot of these delis around here doesn't have the only option is a deli meat sandwich it comes with chips like plain white chip you know lays or whatever i i don't want that like i don't yeah. want lay give me pasta salad man you give me pasta salad i'll eat that Ooh. yeah and, you know whatever yeah. I, I i don't want plain chips man i'm not that's that's as basic as it comes and there's no yeah. way for me to grade that i mean that's the plainest of plain I can't, and, and there's some fries that are better than others, but it's still fries, man. I'd rather yeah. have you oh, yeah. give me potato salad, give me pasta salad, give me corn, you know, something that you cooked, you know. Man, you know something that I never had until I moved to California? It's real big out here on the West Coast, and I didn't even know it existed. I've never even heard the term when I lived in Oklahoma, a Hawaiian barbecue. Hawaiian barbecue is real big out here on the West Coast. And, uh, man, them, the Hawaiian barbecue spots – have some good pasta salad, man. If you like pasta salad, <laughs> I, I, I know you probably thought the meat's good too. It's different. It's mainly like chicken and it's kind of hammered out flat and it's, it's got a good texture and taste, but uh, it's not, I, it's not what I would consider barbecue. It's kind of a misleading title, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but man, though, if you ever see a Hawaiian barbecue place, man, man, their pasta salad always slaps. There's one, in a, there's one in Augusta, Georgia. A matter of fact, I pulled it up when I was down in Augusta one day and, and it was closed that day, and I said Hawaiian barbecue. I assumed it had like, like fruits and vegetables or something, like pineapple juice in it or something. I didn't know what would be in it, but I'll definitely keep that on the list. It's, it's a place called Hawaiian barbecue. Yeah, man, so. Hawaiian barbecue. It, it, like I said, I never even knew it existed until I moved out here to California. And it's a, uh, but like I, I recommend the chicken. If you if you usually if you go to a Hawaiian barbecue place, they'll give you a a, a bunch of chicken. And it's like uh, it's it's got a really nice texture to it. I think it's usually thigh meat, and then uh, oh. they'll give you a bunch, a big old scoop and scoop of pa uh, pasta salad, and then some sticky white rice. And so it's weird. It's kind of like a fusion. You get a little bit of that Asian, a little bit of the American, and it's like it's a unique little flavor blend, man. But uh, yeah, That's man. Cool. As far as far as like real barbecue out here on the West Coast, man, it's. You got you to gotta know somebody with a smoker, essentially, man. Like, the restaurants, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some place out there, but you got you to gotta do a deep dive, man. You know, it's not like you, you, you're just going to drive down the street and see barbecue everywhere. I mean, I've, I've had a few decent little places, but just something about the South, man. I don't know what it is, something, something in the water or what, but uh, something about the South. Not, they know their barbecue, man. Um, what's what's I, the most prevalent out there? Is it tacos? Is is that if you went down the street, is that what you mostly would see? What what is your if you if you go ten miles, what do you see in most of in California? Yeah, man. So 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 the location on that, I'm in San Jose, California, in the the southern part of the Bay Area. So the Bay goes, uh, it's like a triangle. It's San Jose at the bottom, San Francisco up here, and then Oakland across the Bay in the okay. east. And so it's like a little triangle. It makes up the Bay Area. But um, so I'm down in the southern part of San Jose, and um. And man, so San Jose's main demographics are Latino, and there's also a very, very large, very large uh, Vietnamese population. And um, so, um, dude, have you ever had a banh mi sandwich? No, never heard of it. Oh yeah, so it, it, it's spelled it's a B A N H space M I banh mi. It's it's a Vietnamese term. And man, if you ever if you ever are in a bigger city or find yourself on the West Coast or whatever, man, I, I highly recommend trying out a banh mi sandwich because, you know, if you know the history of the country of Vietnam and that region of the world, it's heavily French influenced. The French, the French right. colonized a lot of it. So they're made on French bread. It's a Vietnamese oh. sandwich, but they put like the Vietnamese ingredients inside a French bread roll. And, and oh, man, it's, it's pretty good. So 
So you'll see a lot of those places, balmy slash pho, like the soup pho. Um, uh -huh. I, you'll see a, a lot of those places. And like I said, man, like I said, you, you can throw a baseball in any direction and it's you can close your eyes, do a baseball bat turn and throw a baseball and it's probably going to land on a taqueria, man. And that taqueria is probably going to be damn good. <laughs> So, so yeah, that, those are the two main things you'll see a lot of. Uh, a lot of sushi places, a lot of a lot of a lot of Vietnamese places, a lot of, a lot of Mexican places, um, and then you, know, you see your typical chains and stuff too. But uh, but yeah, man, like I said, as far as like barbecue and fried chicken and and shit like that, man, I I, I got a funny <laughs> I got a funny story to tell you. So there's this place in San Jose, and I actually I, I love this place's breakfast. Some of the best breakfast you'll ever get. So I'm not ripping them. But I, I guess I kind of am in this one department because it's a good restaurant. I like it. But uh, it's called Southern Kitchen. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's literally meant to be like Southern food, right? But it's right. funny because you go in there and I mean, everybody, there's not a Southern person in there. The whole staff is like, <laughs> uh, but uh, that, that's cool. No problem with that. But uh, I ordered the catfish because, you know, I, Oklahoma, I don't know if you know this. If you ever find yourself in Oklahoma, I know you're not a big freshwater fish guy, but Oklahoma is known for the catfish. And that's right. what I grew up eating. And uh, so I ordered the catfish. I hadn't had good catfish in years since I moved out here. I was really excited. I ordered the catfish. Bro, tell me why it came out and it was codfish. Like, you can easily tell the difference between saltwater yeah, fish right. and freshwater fish. And they didn't even use uh, the cornmeal bat or the cornmeal. You know, you, mm -hmm. when you fry catfish, yeah. you're supposed to use yeah, cornmeal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. they, they used, like, fish and chips batter and served me some cod. And like they thought that I wouldn't recognize. I was like, y'all must have not known you're serving Oklahoma, boy. I, right. I recognize catfish a mile away. But yeah, man, That's I know you crazy. said you weren't big on freshwater fish. Um, are, are, does that include catfish? You're not too big on catfish either? Well, I grew up eating catfish too. Matter of fact, the town I live in is home of the catfish stomp. They have a parade oh, okay. every December. And we grew up, we catch catfish. I mean, we, we set lines, we fish. The river is down the way here. We catch them. It's just something, I don't know, man, really. I, I, love, I still love good crappie. I'll eat, I'll eat some fried yeah. crappie or something Ooh. like that. But, like, bass, we, we bass fish a lot. I don't keep any. Brim, I don't. Catfish, I will. If somebody cuts them up in nuggets and, and, and breads them and fries them, I'll eat them. But it's just not something. I don't know, man. I ate so many when I was a kid. I don't know if it turned me against it and I like something else. But usually we'll have fish fry once or twice a year, and I'll eat hush puppies. And I'll mm. eat uh, fries, and then buddies of mine will have, like, crawfish or, you know, shrimp or something else, and that's what I usually eat. But, I mean, it's just not a preference for me, but I'm not against eating it once yeah, in a yeah. while. For sure, man. I, I, I get that for sure. I, I think I just miss it so much. I bet if I ate it a couple times, I'd get it out of my system. But right, said, right. It's just, I, I've actually made it a few times myself. The only, the only kind of close I can get to real Oklahoma catfish is when I make it myself. Um Man, um, I noticed, you, you know, you were used to work for a beer company. I, I've seen you do some beer reviews on your channel. Um, what are some of your favorite beers? What kind of, are you more of just kind of a plain Jane kind of guy? Are you like any IPAs or anything? What, what, what kind of beers do you like, man? What is that you're drinking right there? Uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, uh, yeah, crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, crazy see, I, little thing. I, I, I'm not an IPA guy. I'm more of a basic guy. Like, if I go to a bar, I'm looking for probably a light beer. I have been known to drink uh, the porters, and I have been known to drink some stouts. But I don't really care. And I, I say I worked for Budweiser in Columbia for six years, and it was always weird, man, because if, if any of the guys I worked with would go somewhere, 
you know, they're looking at wicked weed or, you know, uh, stone brewing that's in, in California, stuff like that, where I'm more like Bud Light, um, you know, just give me a Bud Light, a natural light, a ultra. Yeah. It's just what I'm used to. I never really advance into the IPA stage now. I mean, they're, they're popular and everybody's drinking them. They just taste like a Glade uh, plug-in to me, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we went to Asheville, North Carolina, and it's a big it's a big area of breweries, you know, and uh, like Green Man and Wicked Weeds up there and a bunch of that, Catawba. And, you know, me, me and Buddy was talking about this today, actually. We had to find, we had to test the bartender. What's the closest thing you got to Bud Light? Because, you know, these other guys are drinking this $8 high gravity, you know, 10%, 11%, tastes like floral or whatever. <laughs> uh, we, we basically go we country boys. We just need a Bud Light similar uh product but you know. yeah yeah but, man i i actually kind of relate to that so like whenever i lived in oklahoma i wouldn't touch an ipa with a 10-foot pole i was just like you man give me a coors light maybe a corona right. you know right. um, and i still like those beers too but it's it's so prevalent out here in the bay area like like my friends would invite me to a bar right like i don't know the bars out here i'll meet you wherever i don't know i don't know so i, I just meet my friend my friends invite me out and I, I shouldn't, you not, man, it would be nothing but IPAs on the whole menu and shit right. like that. So I kind of had to adapt. And now I actually like it. I, the, the hazy, I like the hazy IPAs. The hazy IPA, it's more of like a citrus flavor. Um, mm -hmm. Some of like the double IPAs and just the more of the regular IPAs. Yeah, it's, it tastes like some weird prison brew or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the hazy IPAs, and I like that they are a little stronger. You know, if I'm if I'm yeah. drinking, you know, Coors Light, I may need a whole twelve pack or something. But you know, three or four of these will have you have you pretty pretty right, man. But uh, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm I'm a big beer guy myself, and I also I find my, I find it kind of seasonal. Like in the winter, right. I'm more likely to drink like a heavy IPA, right? And you know, and then in the summertime, you know, it's a hundred degrees. Give me a cold Coors Light, and you know what I mean. Right. I don't I don't want something heavy on my stomach. So it, it definitely varies for me for sure, man. Uh, but that's cool, man, for sure. I. I, I like I like I pretty much like it all. I'm not so much big on the dark beers, the stouts and the the, the like the milky kind of dark like nah, the coffee stouts and shit. Yeah, me neither. I uh, it just don't taste like beer to me. Which I guess people could say that about IPAs too. But it's just like when I think of beer in my head, that's not the like flavor that comes to mind, man. Uh, you know what I mean? And there's so they're so thick. It's like drinking like a malt or a protein shake or some shit. It man. is, man. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure, man. Man, something else I want to talk about with you, just because okay. there's not many people out here on the West Coast that, that want to talk about it with me. Um, college football, bro. You're, you're in South Carolina. Big, big college football region. Like I, said, I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma. It's a college oh, football yeah. town. And I'm a big, diehard OU Sooners fan. Um, and so, like I said, man, I want, like, are, you, are you Clemson guy, Gamecock guy? What, what uh, you're a Gamecock guy? Yeah, see – I grew up, My I had an uncle and an aunt that graduated from USC, and they were big boosters. So from the time I was seven years old, one game a year at least, one football game a year, they let, let, let me go with them, you know, because they were hardcore about it. They tailgated the whole nine. And, you know, it's unfortunate that I ended up a Gamecock fan, which, I mean, I love it. But, I mean, Clemson's been, you know, the talk of the town here for the last five years. You know, you've seen that, you've seen that versus Oklahoma as well. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of them deals where, you know, South Carolina and Clemson went like this. South Carolina won five years in a row. Steve Spurrier was the coach, you yeah. know, moving up. And then when he leaves, 
Clemson takes over and they hadn't let up and, and they're up there with Alabama, you know, as the one, two every year, Ohio State as well. Oklahoma is in that conversation most of the time, you know, as they well. They fall short. <laughs> yeah, they usually fall short, but like we got, you know, Shane Beamer from Oklahoma, you know, is those, you know, so, and I did a, I did a podcast or whatever you want to call it today. The problem I got with Shane Beamer and, and everybody around here is, you know, ready to go. They overly optimistic about it, but he's never been a head coach, man. You know, yeah. he's been a coordinator. He's been, you know, and, and I, I kind of reference it to like where I work, where I've worked, there's guys who are really good at their job, but being the head coach of a major university is the bell cow of the university department. I mean, the athletic department, that's all the money, you know, yeah, so yeah. you need to be really good. He's a good guy. He's a good recruiter. He's good special teams. He's good this, but man, you're the CEO now. You know, yeah. you, you're over everything. You, you're on the top of that tree, you know, where you was right here. You only got a couple things to worry about. And I kind of worry about that. Plus, I worry about South Carolina's not very good right now, and the SEC's really good. So, I mean, yeah. you, you know, Alabama's there every year. Georgia, Florida is good every year. You know, it's, just, it's one of those deals where it's going to take a lot. And I don't know, Spurrier kind of turned around because he had that respect you know yeah, yeah. He, he could walk in and say i'm steve spurrier i won the heisman trophy i won a national championship i've done this that and other shane Beamer really can't say that it's a lot of hopes and dreams and i think uh i think we're in a bad spot to be honest with you not because of him just because we're not very good and yeah and no it's turner, turning around a college football program is so hard especially nowadays with the social media because nowadays the recruits want to be part of something cool. They don't want to go, you know what I mean? They want to be part of the, the in-style yeah. thing. And Because and, back in the day, you know, you're Steve Spurrier, you know, none of that shit existed. You can walk into a living room and tell you X, Y, Z of why this is going right. to be a great idea to come here. But then, you know, nowadays, you know, you go into a kid's living room, X, Y, Z, you should come here. But then they hop on Twitter and all their buddies are going to Alabama and Clemson. It kind of right. does everything you said kind of goes out, out in one ear out the other. I feel you. I'll say, though, Lincoln Riley started was, was never a, um, a head coach before, and it's worked right. out pretty damn good for us. So maybe there's yeah. hope in there. Lincoln Riley's got that mind. He's got that offensive mind. They knew, they, you know, Bob Stoops knew off the get-go, when I leave, this guy's going to step right in and not miss a beat. And, and they've been solid. You know, they've had some struggles. Rattler struggled, or Spencer Rattler struggled a little bit at the start yeah. of this year as a freshman. But, you know, yeah. once he got to – you get to that Florida game in the bowl game, man, he was hot as anybody. So, you know, and Oklahoma's going to get gonna get them recruits out there in the Midwest. Nebraska's not very good as of late, so they get those guys. They don't have to really compete with them. Texas has been down for a while now, you know. So, <laughs> so, so you know, you, you, you're the talk, of the talk of the Midwest right now, you know. So you're yeah. getting a lot of those recruits. Plus, like you said, Lincoln Rowley knows what he's doing, man, and he's a good coach. So, you know, but, I mean – you never know, man. Any you, you put it together like Davo Swinney was a, a wide receivers coach before he took over at Clemson, man. You know, and yeah, he and came out the, of nowhere. That, that's the positive. I mean, he was six or seven. They talked about maybe replacing him, and the next thing you know, he goes on this run. He gets to Sean Watson. They say, you know, he's got Trevor Lawrence. He got some defensive guys, you know, first rounders, and they're good. But you know, I, it, you could talk football in the South year round, man. It ain't it ain't got to be on TV to talk about it because you know SEC Network runs twenty four seven, three sixty five, and people want to talk about it, man. And you know, so yeah, and, and, uh, being, I, I, I'm happy to talk about it with you because the Bay Area is so weird with college sports because there's so many pro teams. I mean, no matter what the sport, right. there's the, in baseball there's the A's and the Giants, and football. Well, there was the Niners and Raiders. Now the Raiders left, 
Um, yep. And then, and then you know, there's there's the hockey, there's the Warriors and basketball. There's so right. many pro teams that just kind of there's not enough like bandwidth left for college sports because you know we got right. Cal Berkeley, you know, where Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. and Marshawn Lynch, I mean, a decent historically program, but nobody gives a shit. Same thing with Stanford. <laughs> we, we got Stanford right there in Palo Alto, you know, jo yep. John Elway, Andrew oh, yeah. Luck. I mean, but right. just still. Just nobody gives a shit. Like you turn on, you know, sports radio in the Bay Area, you're not going to get any college sports talk. I said, girl, as a you know kid growing up in Norman, Oklahoma, you know, with, with no pro sports until the Thunder right. came, uh, you know, college football was everything, man. And I, I know you relate to that. And, and yeah. said it's we like, don't have anything. We, they call it the Carolina Panthers, but it's in North Carolina. I mean, it's only mm -hmm. like an hour and a half away, but it's still not home to us. You know, like yeah. you said, I grew up with no – like the Braves were three hours away. That was my baseball team. That's okay. close. You know, I was a Dolphins fan because they were always on CBS every Sunday. I didn't have a team. You know, the Falcons sucked, so they weren't yeah. even on – they weren't <laughs> even on the other channel, you know. So, I, I ended up being a Dolphins fan, and unfortunately, they sucked for the last 25 years. So, <laughs> you know, it's just – it's one of them deals. And then basketball, you just kind of – you know, it was the Lakers and Celtics and Pistons and then Bulls. And then, you know, then LeBron comes along. And then, you know, it's Cleveland and it's the Heat and the Lakers. You just kind of pull for players because you don't, you know, and then, the, you know, the, when the Hornets came along, it was really good that we finally had something to watch. But then again, like I said, it's an hour and a half away and it's North Carolina. So you just yeah. kind of. If they're good, you pull for them, and if they suck, you act like you've never heard of them before. So. Yeah, no, no, exactly, bro. That's how it was like before we got the Thunder, like uh, Oklahoma fans were split with basketball because a lot of them were just Mavericks fans, you know, like Dallas right. is only like three hours from Oklahoma City. Uh, so a lot of people just kind of default went with the Mavericks, and a lot of them, you know, went with the Dallas Cowboys too. But uh, you would always – because Oklahoma and Texas has a big rivalry, kind of like yeah. North Carolina and South Carolina. So you, right. you would always have those people that was like, you know, screw Dallas. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to root for no Texas team. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i big, big Thunder fan now that we got the Thunder. That that changed a lot of stuff in Oklahoma, kind of legitimized Oklahoma City in a right. lot of ways. Um, pretty cool process to see just how that – like, I, it's more than just the team, but since the teams came, Oklahoma City's like, transformed and – blown up and blown up and yeah it, it's been really cool to watch man um so uh also wanted to talk a little bit of fishing with you i know we have a little bit you say you you <laughs> enter bass tournaments from time to time that seems pretty damn interesting um i so i always grew up fishing kind of just casually kind of in a country way like you throw a worm in the water and whatever bites it bites it or you throw a minnow in the water and whatever bites it bites yeah. it and, and i never grew up fishing for a specific type of fish um, so you're a bass fisherman, and then ever since I moved out here to California, you, you almost kind of have to target a specific kind of fish in California. You either have to go for trout or go for halibut or go for sturgeon. Like you can't, and so that's something I'm struggling with. You typically go to go for bass. So just talk to me a little bit of just going after a specific type of fish and just what about South Carolina bass fishing in general. Well, uh, we fish out of kayaks, generally. Um, I, I've never fished out of kayak before. A buddy of mine was a big kayak fisherman. He put me in one of his kayaks one day. We floated down the river about 10 miles and caught about 30 fish that day, and I was wow. hooked. We bought one. Yeah, so like now it's, it's kind of – bass fishing is, you know, it's – you know, there's, uh, you know, million-dollar tournaments, you know. That, that, yeah. That, that, you know, so – the thing about like a bass is they kind of got an attitude and, and everything changes like whether the weather's 
you know, it's sunny or windy or if it's overcast, everything changes. So it's harder to catch them. Like you talked about growing up, just like me, throw a cricket out there, you throw a worm out there, it sits, it goes under, you catch whatever it bites. You know, and brim and catfish, they don't really change a lot. They're going to eat. They're just there yeah. to eat. Where a bass has got some kind of mentality where, like, right now, um, if you're fishing for bass in waters of South Carolina, you're using something like a red bait, something that looks like a crawfish, you know, something like that. Two weeks from now, it'll be something that looks like a shad, it looks like a brim, it looks like a bait fish, you know, and they just change. It's never the same thing. I mean, you can throw a, a rubber worm out there most of the time of the year, but if you're using a bait, it's got to do color, size, sound, a lot of it smell or taste or feel. It's just a, it's like a science. If you're going to be really good at it, which I'm not really, really good at it, but if I got a buddy of mine, he went to USC, fish, won a national championship on their fishing team, and now he oh, fishes wow. for the bat. He fishes for the Bassmasters, and uh, and, and he he that's his that's his whole mindset. Like even his days off when he's not fishing, he's fishing. He's reading maps. He's looking at where fish should be, what they would bite, what color, what 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 is the bait in that lake, and if it's this, you got to throw something that looks like that. And then you know, and then they, wow. you know they got tech. They got technology, depth finders, and sonars. They can see what the structure is under there. It's a, it's a high tech deal. It ain't. And, and I've talked to a buddy of mine. We fished a tournament uh, last Saturday, and I didn't do as well as I'd like. And I told him, I said, man, I need to just go back to the floating down the river, flipping it like I don't care, drink a beer, you know, put the music on my um, phone right there. And if I catch a fish, great. And if I don't, because once you're trying to do it for money. You know, it's just like anything else. It's pressure. And, it, like, I go play golf by myself, and I don't care what I shoot. I'm just having a good time riding around in the cart. But if you start trying to grade yourself on it, you're always going to not be as good as you like to be. Same with yeah. fishing. So it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be really pissed off about it. I don't want to be pissed off. You know, I'm in my 40s now. Once I turn 40, a lot of that serious stuff left me, man. So I'm just here to eat, drink, play, fish. Do whatever I can, you know, just to have a good time, man. Nothing too serious. I've already lived that serious part of my life where I was worried about stuff. Now I'm in a good place where nothing really matters, man. I'm just thinking about where my next food's going to come from and the next game I'm going to watch and the next – I'm playing golf tomorrow, so I'm happy about that. That's beautiful, man. Hell, yeah. That makes me happy to hear. Put a big old smile on my face, man. Um, yeah, so bass fishing has always intrigued me for this one reason. Um you alluded to it yourself really nobody eats bass but it's like probably the most famous like game fish there is everybody loves to fish for bass so if you, it's bad to eat but good to fish is that because of kind of like you said the challenge and kind of the the mind games that bass like it, it gives the fishermen a challenge is that why they're so yeah. popular to go after because yeah. you gotta admit it's kind of it's kind of ironic that they're probably the most popular fish to go after but probably the least popular fish to eat well, you see it on TV, and these guys are fishing for this much money. And it's, I guess it's like a measuring stick. You know, this guy yeah. caught 20 pounds and one. Can I go out there and catch 20 pounds? And then on the flip side, a lot of it's conservation. Now, uh, some people that catch, you take home the smaller ones, take them home. But once you get a four or five pounder that's, you know, taking eight years to get that big, you want to keep them in the water, throw them back so they can keep, you know, because only like, you know, they have a million eggs, but only like, you know, 2% make it because of other bait fish. And so most of it's conservation. You, you're not going to catch many guys who fish for bass a lot that's going to take any home. And they'll take the small ones, they'll call them out, and they'll just get out of the way. All they're doing is, you know, taking food. But if you get a 
three, five, seven pounder that's producing that many eggs every year, I usually throw those guys back just because of conservation. It keeps the cycle going because if you take – it's like the buffalo, man. You kill all the buffalo, you don't have no buffalo no more. You catch all the fish and keep them, you don't have no fish no more. You know, so it's a, I think it's a conservation and respect thing. And I think our generation is doing a lot where I've see, I see guys who keep everything they catch, which is crazy to me. But, you know, then again – some of those guys may be feeding their family. I'm okay with that too, you know. So yeah, you got to yeah, weigh yeah. it out. But the yeah, average yeah. guy who, who's not, who, he, we usually throw them back, man. I mean, even the, the biggest cat, you know, we catch we catch a lot of 10, 12, 15 pound catfish. We'll keep them. If we catch 30, 40, 50 pound catfish, we throw them back yeah. because they're just they're keeping the cycle going. Yeah, for sure, man. That's super interesting. Yeah, I, I've noticed that too, man. Like, you know, the new generation of of outdoorsmen, the hunters, the fishers. You know, they're, um, they're, they're real conservation minded, which is beautiful because, you know, a lot of people, especially being out here where I am, you know, they want to demonize these people as these bloodthirsty rednecks when in reality, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing more to keep nature in that, in the cycle than you are sitting there on your laptop complaining about it. And, and right. I feel you like, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Steven Ranella from like meat eaters and, and stuff like that. He's, he's more of mm -hmm. a hunter yeah. than a fisher, but right, right, right. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of his and just kind of how he takes that conservation approach and kind of, he kind of like shoots down a lot of the negative stereotypes of outdoorsmen, which I really like as well. Just kind of shows people what it's really about, but uh, no, that yeah. that's awesome, man. Um, man, I, I, a couple basic like food chain questions and then I'm gonna let you go. Just kind of, okay. I want to get, I want to get your opinion on some of these. These are highly debated like food chains. I want to get your opinion on which one's better. And if you haven't okay. had one of them or they don't have them in South Carolina, that's fine. You can just say next. Um, so the big, a big debate, especially some me being in California now and originally being from Oklahoma, a big debate is In-N-Out versus Whataburger. Um, have, have you ever been on the West Coast to have an In-N-Out? Or do you know? Or No, but I've seen all the debates. And one talking about their fries are trash or the sandwich looks like this or what. And, and I've seen a lot of the social media banter back and forth but now nah, we don't have anything like that man we're, we're super basic i know it's all west coast stuff yeah but uh what's your take on it what's the best just for, for for me to know so when i if i do go yeah 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 for sure so so in and out fries do suck that's a true okay that's a true fact like they don't put no salt no nothing it's just straight fried potato which i guess if you're like a minimalist or whatever that can be good but yeah not a whole lot going on there but the and, and same thing goes with their burgers. Like, uh, if you go to an In-N-Out burger, their menu has like two things on it. You can get like a single, a double, some fries, and a milkshake. It's not like McDonald's really? where there's chicken sandwiches and all this. You can literally you can get a burger, a double burger, some fries, and a shake or a soda. That's literally the whole menu. Hey, and, the, the name of the store is In-N-Out. So you you going in or you going out? And that's the only options you got, I guess. Yeah, but the, and the, so the thing is about their simple menu, they have what's called like a secret menu or a hidden uh, menu. And so it's like if you order the plain shit, it's pretty plain Jane and pretty boring. But like if, like so the, if you ever go to In-N-Out, keep this in mind, animal style. Get your burger and fries. They call it animal style. I think they just put some like some caramelized onions and some um, like Thousand Island dressing on it. But it it, it, uh, it adds a lot to it. it so it, the, the thing about In-N-Out is you have to know the secret little things because it ain't on the menu. Uh, it's weird. Uh, and then, and right. so I loved Whataburger back when I lived in Oklahoma. We don't have them out here where I'm at. But when I lived in Oklahoma, I loved Whataburger. And it was open 24 hours a day, which was super clutch. They had um really good breakfast, too, like 
like a chicken biscuit breakfast sandwich. And, um, but I heard they changed ownership and they went downhill. So back whenever I was living there and eating Whataburger, I would choose Whataburger all day, every day. But a lot of my okay. Oklahoma friends told me that Whataburger has kind of gone downhill a little bit in the past couple of years, maybe changed ownership or something. So, so yeah, that, that's always a fun debate to have. I probably still lean Whataburger because I haven't tasted the new shitty version. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And then, um, do you guys have Canes and Zaxby's out there? We got Zaxby's. I've seen Canes, but I've never. You know, but I, 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 I've never been there, you know, so Zaxby's we've got, I'm not a big chicken guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, oh yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's pretty basic, you know, chicken strips. I, I was watching one of your videos where you said millennials eat nothing but chicken strips and I cracked up laughing. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like the sub sandwich. I like your, I like your new set, whatever your new thing is. You know, whatever yeah. something different is, the new menu item to see whether it's good or not. I know what a chicken tender tastes like. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. That was always kind of a debate in my hometown because right before I left, we got a Zaxby's. We didn't have Zaxby's, but then we got them. But Cane's was, like, well entrenched in Norman and had a big, like, following. So it was, like, the big debate over, you know, Cane's versus Zaxby's. The, only, the uh. thing I can say about Cane's – like, so people complain that Canes doesn't, like, necessarily season their chicken enough. And, and, and that's probably true. But uh, the texture, like, it's always super moist and juicy, which some mm. some chicken strip places can be a little dry or crunchy or whatever. Oh, yeah. And right. so the, the Canes, you mix that juicy chicken strip, with, and they have their own sauce, and, and it's pretty solid. Um, Zaxby's has better sides for sure. Canes is really just going to be like fries and coleslaw, maybe a piece of a toast or something. But Zaxby's has all the traditional kind of southern sides and, and things like right. that. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'd probably go Cane's chicken, Zaxby's sides if I had to <laughs> had to had it my way, man. But uh, but man, that, that's really about all I had for you, brother. It's been an okay. absolute joy talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, I look forward to, you know, watching your future videos. And, and you know, like I said, I, I really hope everybody watching this goes give the Rhino Live Show a subscription on YouTube, I mean, especially if you like food reviews, if you like college football, if you like NASCAR. My man covers it all. He's, he's got a badass channel. I'm a big fan of your work, man, so I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, Dominic. I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to making it to the West Coast and trying some of the burritos one day. Oh, dude, yeah, I swear, man, if you're ever on the West Coast, we got we to gotta get a burrito and may, maybe throw a pole off, off the pier and catch a halibut or something, man. We'll do it, man. Hell yeah, brother. Have a great day, man. I appreciate you. You too.